Welcome to the Mariners Podcast and Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 and the podcast at Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, Mariners. Today we'll cover the three-game series versus the Detroit Tigers that just concluded on Sunday. Uh, the Mariners are currently 20 and 20 playing 500 ball uh, with the Boston Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves coming up in East Coast series this week. Mariners look pretty good in this series. Uh, went two and one. We won Mariners one Friday, uh, one Saturday, lost on Sunday. But the Mariners are starting to play a better brand of baseball, making fewer mistakes. Uh, we see Tail Hernandez chasing fewer sliders outside of the zone. Uh, they looked more like a team. Played some good defense. Sam Haggerty had a couple of nice plays out in left field. Uh, Julio obviously is is covering all sorts of ground and center, but they look more like a baseball team. We'll dig a little bit more into that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Bryce Miller's start on Saturday as well. Uh, obviously, he won. He went seven innings, gave up three hits, and, and struck out three. It was a very different version of Bryce Miller than we had seen in the previous two starts. So we'll cover that, uh, talk a little bit more about lineup construction and what having J.P. Crawford at the top of the lineup means to the Mariners. And uh, if we have time, we'll talk some about the upcoming series in, in Atlanta and in Boston uh, starting on Monday. So Friday night was Marco Gonzalez against Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd, left-handed starting pitcher for the Tigers, who uh, was on the Mariners last season and came back towards the end of the season from injury to contribute a little bit to the stretch run. He signed a free agent contract with the Tigers in the 22-23 uh, offseason. I loved the beginning of this game. We had uh, the Mariners had J.P. Crawford leading off. Uh, he walked to lead off the game. This was a lot of my justification for putting J.P. Crawford in that leadoff spot was knowing that his, uh, despite running a pretty low average at times, he will get on base. And ultimately, that's the job of your leadoff hitter. Ty France singled, so runners on first and second with Julio up. Uh, Julio got out, but then uh, Kelnick in the cleanup spot singled up the middle, scoring J.P. Crawford to allow the Mariners to uh, take a one nothing lead. Uh, in the first inning, we saw Marco throw a bunch of change-ups. And, you know, when Marco's going well, he reminds me quite a bit of uh, Jamie Moyer, who was the Mariners' legend uh, starter in the 90s. You know, Moyer really, for the most part, didn't throw over mid-80s, but he could locate his change-up low and outside to right-handed hitters really anytime he wanted. And what, that's what allowed him to pitch into his mid-40s. Marco's best pitch for my money is his changeup. It's the only pitch that that I have as above average. And it's a pitch I think he needs to throw a lot more of. Uh, he looked in this first inning to be throwing um, his changeup and trying to get the Tigers hitters to chase. The Tigers have uh, a lot of very aggressive hitters in their lineup. And so Marco is a good fit to face them because when he catches the zone uh, with his pitches, he gets hit very hard. Uh, he did that in the fifth inning, surrendering a two-run home run to the Tigers catcher, Jake Rogers. And it was on a 
90 mile an hour four seam fastball that was up and inside, but still in the zone. That's an easy pitch to hit for a major leaguer. Uh, that's very much considered a mistake. Uh, Marco, if he's throwing, you know, high 80s, low 90s with his fastball, really needs to locate it uh, perfectly in order for it to be effective. I'm guessing that he was trying to establish the inside portion of the plate or even come off the plate inside and he just missed up and in. But when Marco misses, it's going to be a home run or a hard hit ball versus Bryce Miller, who pitched on Saturday and Logan Gilbert, who pitched on Sunday. They're not looking to locate as much as they are just trying to fill up the zone with strikes because their stuff is so much better. I also really liked uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, had a low and inside 97 mile an hour fastball that he hit through the hole at short for an RBI single later in the game. And I don't understand why pitchers are throwing tail fastballs. It's so clear that breaking balls are his current kryptonite. They always have been, but even more so this season. And when you see him get fastballs, he's uh, doing something with them. So he had a nice RBI single uh, between shortstop and third base uh, on a 97 mile an hour loan inside fastball. And then Julio in the ninth kind of broke out. Uh, he's facing left-handed uh, relief pitcher, Scott Alexander, and he hit a hanging changeup that was 83 miles an hour uh, for a home run down the right field line. Wasn't pretty. But uh, Julio obviously has tremendous power to the opposite field, and it appears as if his approach is continuing to to try to drive the ball to right center. So uh, despite the, I guess you could, if you can call a home run ugly, uh, he still kind of got off the mat and, and hit that home run to right field. Uh, great signs from him. Julio went three for five with uh, two runs, the home runs that I spoke of just now, and four RBIs. Uh, coming out of Friday's game, he was still had a triple slash of 219, 280, and an OPS of 691. But a uh, three for five game with a home run and four RBIs is a great place to start. As I spoke of with JP Crawford, he went one for four with two runs and an RBI, but he also threw in a walk. And his on base percentage currently is 382, which is uh, exactly what you're looking for from a leadoff hitter. And then Ty France went two for four with two runs in an RBI. So Marco goes six innings, 89 pitches, 60 for strikes, five hits, two runs, one walk, two Ks uh, to go to 3-0 and with a 4.42 ERA. To me, this is about as much as you can ask for from Marco. He, he's going to give you innings. He's going to, he's not going to shut the other team down. Uh, I, as I said earlier, this is a great fit facing the Tigers for Marco Gonzalez because they're incredibly aggressive. Uh, they're not looking to uh, to find their perfect pitch. It's swinging at everything. And a pitcher like Marco can, can avoid the strike zone and still get outs. And that's what he did. Trevor Gott came in for the seventh, pitched one inning, one hit, one walk, one K. Justin Topa, who's been a, a great find for the Mariners, uh, pitched the eighth, one inning, one hit. And then uh, Tyler Saucedo came in for the ninth, one inning, and one strikeout. So the Mariners look good in this game. Top of the order produced, uh, and they ended up winning 9-2. Uh, so on Saturday, the pitching matchup was Bryce Miller against Alex Fajardo. Alex Fajardo 
He's a right-handed starter for the Tigers who was a uh, was on top 100 lists a couple years ago as a starting pitching prospect, but kind of back into the top 100. His stuff isn't great, uh, but he shows flat flashes with his with the slider. So the Mariners facing Fido, it's the type of pitcher they should uh, hit pretty hard. And he looked okay in this matchup. Uh, Bryce Miller is more of what I want to talk about. His location looked to be quite a bit uh, more shaky than it had been in his previous two starts. But as we spoke of, Bryce Miller has the kind of stuff and the kind of fastball that if he's filling up the strike zone, it doesn't matter nearly as much as it does for someone like Marco that he's locating. So Bryce Miller in the first, my notes say that his location was pretty poor. Uh, he threw a 94 mile an hour low and in fastball to Riley Green, uh, who hit it for a double. Riley Green is a was a top five prospect in baseball who didn't hit very well last year, but is starting to look a lot better. In this series, he had a ton of hard hit balls against the Mariners. And a low and in 94 mile an hour fastball to a left-handed hitter is, is kind of their happy zone. Uh, Green showed that with his double. Uh, Bryce Miller got a little bit lucky with Javier Baez, who hit a 95 mile an hour fastball that was high and way out of the zone for an out. And then he surrendered a single to Spencer Torkelson on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball that couldn't have been more middle-middle. Uh, and then he got lucky hanging a, hanging what I think was a curveball to uh, to Nick Maton, 80-mile-an-hour uh, curveball way up in the zone, and he was lucky to get a 4-3 out to get out of the inning. But really, that first inning was the only time Bryce Miller was in any sort of real trouble uh he found his location a little bit more as the game wore on and it appears that the mariners in this particular series against detroit who does not have a very powerful offense is not a very patient hitting team and plays in what has historically been a very difficult park to hit in has become a much easier park to hit in this season but it appeared as if the Mariners were pitching like they would at T-Mobile, which is fill up the zone, let the defense do some work. Uh, if you need a strikeout, then you can pitch a little bit differently. But Miller seemed to want to get deeper into the game and realized that Detroit was not going to do a lot of damage against him. So he was using the park and the defense to get outs uh, with some time, a couple of timely strikeouts. He struck out Javier Baez later in the game on a middle, middle 96 mile an hour fastball. Again, it's a a, a testament to uh, how difficult his forcing fastball is to hit that he threw it middle, middle against the dead red fastball hitter and was still able to get the strikeout. Um, so Baez hit a single to lead off the seventh inning against Miller. Uh, Miller had retired 16 in a row up to that point. He ended up getting out of the seventh surrendering a total of three hits, no walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, he retired the last 19 of the last 20 batters he faced, which is absolutely phenomenal, especially from a rookie in his third start. I don't know what else to say about, about Bryce Miller. Um, so in this start, he threw 40 fastballs, which was just under, which 49%, 19 sliders, 15 curveballs, and eight changeups. Really different pitch mix from his first two starts. Much more fastball heavy in his first two starts. 
His velocity was pretty much where it has been in the first two starts as well. Um, his spin was about the same. So he was throwing the same pitches. He just really changed that mix up quite a bit. What I found more interesting about uh, Bryce Miller in this start was that he wasn't getting the same swings and misses that he had in the previous two. He had seven, he, he got seven whiffs in 44 swings, which is only a 16% uh, whiff rate, much, much lower than the previous two starts. But again, did he get this because he was trying to induce contact early in the count and he was trying to go deeper in the game, knowing he was in a bigger park against a team that is uh, of lesser, I guess a lesser hitting team, or was it that he couldn't locate nearly as well and the Tigers were able to make more contact. That would have to be a question for he, for Bryce Miller. Uh, either way, he was still incredibly effective, obviously, surrendering um, no runs over seven innings. A couple of offensive notes. Uh, Jared Kelnick hit a two-run home run in the third inning uh, on a fastball up. Again, Kelnick, just like uh, Tao, I don't know what their pitch, opposing pitchers are doing throwing uh, fastballs to Kelnick. It's pretty clear that he can hit the fastball. Uh, and then Teo hit a hanging slider that was, I called it hanging because I think Fajardo just missed his location, but it ended up being low and inside, uh, but still a strike. And Teo hit that out for a home run in the fourth. It's, Teo's a fascinating watch because we know he can hit the fastball. We know he does tremendous damage when he's able to hit the ball. But he still has very little idea as what to do with a slider that's low and away from a right-handed pitcher. He seems to be breaking out slightly. He did go three for four in this game with a, a run and two RBIs and a home run. He's now uh, slugging 418, which isn't, isn't great, isn't good, even good, isn't what we traded for. But um, I do think a Teoscar Hernandez breakout is on the way. And... Similar to Kelnick and, and J-Rod, Tails capable of carrying the team for stretches if he gets hot. So here's hoping a hot streak is on the way for him. The Mariners did start uh, Taylor Trammell in left field against the right-handed starter. Uh, he did go 0 for 3 with two Ks, but I like putting uh, Taylor Trammell in there against the right-handed starter. Colton Wong started as well, went 0 for 4. Um this lineup looks to be the lineup that the Mariners are going to continue to put out there against right-handed pitching with Crawford leading off, France hitting second, Kelnick third, and Julio fourth, Suarez fifth, and Cal Raleigh sixth. The Mariners hit Julio third against left-handed starters in this series and fourth against right-handed starters. To me, that makes a lot of sense. There's still pressure hitting in the middle of the lineup. I know they wanted to maximize their at-bats with him at the top of the lineup, but I like his fit much better to do damage um, in the middle of, of the order as they're doing right now. So again, this game was really the Bryce Miller game. Uh, he's been the story for the last three weeks or so for the Mariners. He threw 82 pitches, 57 strikes. He now is 2-0 with a 0.47 ERA, and we've seen him do it in – a multitude of ways. We've seen him do it with lights out, strikeout stuff, uh, locating, you know, where, where hitters don't have any, have no idea what to do with it, where he's hunting strikeouts. We've seen him do it the way he did 
on Saturday, which was um, a little bit less location, looking to induce contact. And major league batters haven't been able to touch him as of yet. Uh, pretty cool to see. We've been lucky enough to to have Logan Gilbert come up two years ago in May and show out. Uh, George Kirby come up last year, obviously, in May and show out. Now Bryce Miller is really, he's doing historical things. He's become must-watch TV. I am a little, I wouldn't say nervous, but I think the expectations should be tempered a bit against uh, in his next start against the Braves. I believe it's on Saturday uh, because the Braves can hit. You know, he's facing, he'll face Ronald Acuna, uh, Matt Olson, Austin Riley. Uh, Sean Murphy's been hitting really well since being traded uh, from the athletics in the offseason to the Braves. They've got a very, Ozzie Albies, they've got a very formidable lineup in a small park. So Bryce Miller's going to have to be on his game, but why can't we expect more of the same given uh, given how he's pitched in his first three starts? I don't know if I've been more excited for a Mariner starter since Felix Hernandez. George Kirby clearly is a Cy Young candidate and is a an elite uh, ace at this point in his career. I know we haven't talked about him as such, but the reality is that's how he's pitched thus far. But Miller is so exciting and so much fun that uh, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're watching a golden age of pitching for the Mariners right now. Uh, to conclude this game, uh, Justin Topa came in and picked up the hold. It was his eighth of the season. He pitched the eighth inning, one hit, two strikeouts. And then Matt Brash came in and cleaned up the ninth, uh, one inning, one strikeout, which is key to talk about for Sunday's game. So Brash threw 10 pitches on Saturday, and he did come in on Sunday. Sunday's matchup was Logan Gilbert against Joey Wentz. Joey Wentz is a left-handed starter previously in the Braves organization. Uh, sits mid-90s, but is probably a fifth starter at best. Gilbert struggled a little bit in the first. He gave up a, a leadoff single to Zach McKinstry. That was a middle-middle 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He gave up a single to Riley Green. Uh, which was 95 middle up. But then as the Mariners pitchers have done all series, uh, he he got Javier Baez to chase and uh, and getting out. So, you know, Gilbert, we talked about this on a previous, uh, I guess a week ago. He still appears to have very little ability to locate. I don't know if he's trying to locate as much as he's trying to fill up the zone with strikes, but he throws a lot of middle, middle fastballs. Uh, he has elite extension on the fastball, meaning uh, where he releases the pitch is much closer to home plate than uh, most other pitchers. And so that gives off the appearance that the fastball is actually um, faster than it, uh, it is. And that's what some of what gives him such an effective forcing fastball. But when you locate middle middle, as he did to McKinstry, any major league hitter can hit it, no matter how hard it's thrown. So something I'm looking for from Gilbert, I think, to help him take that next step is, does he hit the mitt, right? Watch where Cal Raleigh is setting up with Logan Gilbert and see if Logan Gilbert is able to hit the mitt. Um, again, the Mariners led off with against left-handed pitching like with J.P. Crawford in the leadoff hole. Uh, Ty France hit second, Julio Rodriguez hit third, 
they gave uh, Jared Kelnick the day off. So uh, Eugenio Suarez hit fourth. Cal Raleigh got the day off. So Tom Murphy hit fifth. Tail hit sixth. Jose Caballero hit second or hit um, seventh. AJ Pollock hit eighth as the DH, and then Sam Haggerty hit uh, ninth as the left fielder. In the third inning, uh, JP Crawford singled to center, which uh, extended his hitting streak to seven games. Ty France followed up with the single to center, which extended his hitting streak to 11, 11 games. And then Julio hit a single to left field on a hanging 77 mile an hour slider. Uh, seeing Julio capitalize on pitching mistakes is. I think the first sign in him really breaking out of this uh, this prolonged slump. In during the slump, I was really surprised to see Julio not capitalize on hanging breaking balls or fastballs that were middle middle, and it was to me a sign of Julio pressing. So to see him single on a hanging seventy-seven mile an hour slider and drive in a run was, I think, a great sign for uh, for he and for the team. Julio or Tail hit a sacrifice fly to right field uh, in the third inning as well, which is also a great sign to see Tail go opposite field and not try to do too much with the pitch, knowing there was a runner on third and less than two outs. Uh, so these two signs from Julio and Tail, in my mind, are um, are positive signs uh, of things to come. In the fourth inning, I'd like to point out that that Sam Haggerty had a great play on a hard hit ball by Andy Abanez in the gap between left and center field. Haggerty's a nice a nice utility player, switch hitter. Uh, he hit lefties really well last year. He doesn't hit righties quite as well. He's fast. He plays a serviceable second base, uh, serviceable third base. I think in a pinch he could play short. Uh, he can play any of the outfield positions. I think outside of Jared Kelnick, he's probably the best backup for Julio in center. He's a nice piece. And I, I do wish that the Mariners uh, mix and match with him a little bit more. He's hitting terribly this year. He's hitting 121 with a 194 on base percentage. But he did, he was able to hit last year. And uh, the defense that he provided in this game was was a huge asset to the Mariners. Uh, Julio had a nice catch of Riley Green sinking liner in the fifth inning. I think we've gotten to this point with Julio Rodriguez, similar to the way it felt with Mike Cameron in the early 2000s, where anything in the air to in the gaps or to center field, you're you consider it an out. You're positive that Julio is going to catch it. And if he doesn't get to the ball, you're surprised. And it's why, you know, they, they call it the no fly zone. And Julio does the, the big X after he catches the ball and whatnot, which is cool for the fans, I guess. But he really has incredible range in center field. And it is to the point where anything hits a center, I expect to be an out. And that's something that as a fan, we can take for granted when we have great center fielders but is something that I, that I think very few teams have, and we're, we're really lucky to have him. Uh, in the fifth, against Logan Gilbert, uh, Javi Baez flew out deep to the warning track with two, out, two on and two outs, which I don't know. I didn't look up how many parks that would have been a home run in, but my guess is it's probably somewhere close to half or at least off the wall. 
whether that was Logan Gilbert pitching to the park or Logan Gilbert just getting lucky. Uh, I was happy to see that out in the sixth. Uh, with two outs, uh, Andy Ivani has doubled. Uh, that brought Logan Gilbert out of the game at 94 pitches. Uh, he had gone five and two-thirds innings, surrendered six hits, three runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. Uh, he threw 65 strikes of the 94 pitches, and he's now sitting with the 3.91 ERA. The Mariners brought in Trevor Gott, who uh, gave up a double to Akil Badu that went just over Sam Haggerty's head in left field. Uh, Gott took the blown save, one-third of an inning, one hit. The Mariners brought in, eventually brought in Gabe Spire, who took the loss um, in the seventh. He gave up a hit in the third of an inning. He gave up a hit, two runs, a walk, and one K. So, which brings me to that final, that uh, sequence of at-bats where the Mariners um, took the loss. So, it was Nick Maton hit with the bases loaded. Nick Maton's a left-handed hitter. As they said on the Mariners broadcast, he's basically the worst regular major league hitter in baseball. They brought in Matt Brash to face him. Matt Brash had been, you know, has been up and down this season. Uh, he has a five ERA. He did pitch on Saturday, 10 pitches. And Brash proceeded to hit Maton in the leg with a 90, 90 mile an hour slider. It gave the Tigers a 4-3 lead. Um we're back to this place where we don't know, or Matt Brash doesn't know where the ball is going. It was precisely the reason for Matt Brash being sent down as a failed starting pitcher to Tacoma uh, towards the beginning of the 2022 season. And we thought that he had really ironed out his, um, ironed out the kinks and, uh, I wouldn't call it command, but had some semblance of control. And it appears as if he's he's reverted back to the wild Matt Brash that has no idea where the ball's going. So he ended up walking after uh, hitting Maton. He walked Andy Abanez with the bases loaded on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball that was probably over a foot outside of the zone, above the zone. And... We thought he was going to be a high leverage multi-inning reliever for the Mariners this season, um, kind of in the in the mold of what Andres Munoz had provided last season. I was really excited about Brash. Uh, the assumption was that he had ironed out those those control and command issues. I'm hoping he does. His stuff is some of the nastiest in the major leagues. He's not a pitcher you can give up on. But it is frustrating to see him be so wild in this uh, game on Sunday. The question should be asked, too, you know, he was effective in his inning on Saturday. Is it, uh, uh, is it because he was pitching in back-to-back -back games? Is, does his stuff or his feel, his touch and feel for his stuff, does it change when he pitches in back-to-back -back games? That's a question for Scott Service, a question for Matt Brash but he was not effective in this game. And he was the reason, quite honestly, why we lost. Juan Ten came in, one in the third innings to close out, one hit, one walk. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of Juan Ten yet. He is another in the Mariners factory of mid-90s fastball relievers with a great slider. Uh, but the Mariners ended up 
taking this series to one. Uh, I think Lou Pinello was the first manager I remember talking about just win, win the series, win the series. You know, the baseball's a marathon. You want to take two out of three. You want to take three out of four in those four game series. The Mariners took two out of three from the Tigers and looked good doing it. The brand outside of Matt Brash kind of imploding on Sunday, the Mariners played a very good brand of baseball this weekend. I felt like they played to the park. They played to the aggressiveness of the Tigers hitters. We saw the top of our lineup. Sorry, the Mariners saw the top of their lineup produce, uh, which is obviously what you want. And Julio and Teo did some damage. And they're, and Kelnick as well. And those are the three hitters that we expect to carry the team. So it looks positive heading into Boston. Boston has always been a tough place for the Mariners to play. Uh, the Red Sox pitching has been pretty horrendous this season. Their hitters have been incredible. And so it should be a fun series. Uh, the Mariners are always putting out great pitching. So it's strength versus strength, Mariners pitching against uh, Red Sox hitting. And then the Mariners will uh, play the weekend series in Atlanta, which is, uh, for me, there's something special about seeing teams play interleague in in parks where you're not used to seeing them it's for me it harks back to a time where there wasn't interleague play and the all-star game represented that specialness where you saw uniforms that you didn't see uh on the same field typically so that in and of itself will be fun we're watching ronald acuna and his team against julio rodriguez and his team those are maybe the two most exciting uh, hitters in Major League Baseball, exciting young hitters in Major League Baseball. So the weekend series is going to be an absolute blast. Good on the Mariners for getting back to 500. Let's hope some of these, some of the hitters have broken their slumps, uh, namely Julio and Teo. Uh, JP keep getting on base and let's uh, continue to watch the golden age of Mariners pitching. Thanks for joining us on the Mar ethos mariners podcast uh we appreciate the listen you can find me on twitter at tino junior 20 and the podcast again at ethos mariners uh tune in in a couple days for the uh preview of the atlanta series and a little recap of the series with the boston red sox again appreciate the listen talk to you soon